Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 is where we're at this morning, and a message titled, Re-Entry. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. He's, he's not saying that you can't have joy that God used you. Certainly that's going to bring joy, but that's fleeting. But what we have as a sustaining joy is the fact that we are saved. The root of our joy isn't what you do or even what he uses you to do. It's what he has finished. When he died upon the cross for your sins, he said to Telestai, it is finished or paid in full. And he did that for you. And your name, if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, your name is written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And you don't want to be part of those who are not written in the the Lamb's book of life. Revelation chapter 13 verse 8 tells us that those who are not written in the Lamb's book of life will worship the Antichrist. They'll take that mark that he's going to give to them. Or Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, where it talks about the great white throne. And and it it describes this place where heaven and earth flee away and everybody's delivered before the great great white throne of God. And as they're standing before the great white throne of God, the books are open and everyone there in that second resurrection is cast into the lake of fire because their names are not found written in the book of life. That's the ultimate destination of those who don't know Jesus. But how do we get our names written in the book of life? I guess that's a good question, right? How do I know that I'm going to be in heaven, that my name's going to be written in heaven, that I can rejoice over that? Well, it's simple. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him, or the idea is put your trust in him, will not perish but have everlasting life. The gospel is is that Jesus came, God in flesh, lived a perfect life, walked this whole life for 33 years, lived a perfect life, and then died the perfect death. To steal a line from Greg Laurie last night. Died the perfect death as he died on the cross for your sins and conquered death. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. As he, as he paid for your sins, he conquered death by rising from the grave. And he offers to anyone who would say, yes, I need salvation. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need forgiveness. He'd offer to anyone who comes to him eternal life. And that's it. I put my trust in Jesus. I believe on him. I surrender my life to him and say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to give up my life for your life. And he accepts that and he gives us eternal life. You know, I I think it's important to understand what eternal life really is. And actually, Jesus tells us, John chapter 17, verse 3, he says, and this is eternal life. Isn't that nice? He just tells us. Shouldn't that get our attention? This is eternal life. What is he going to say? That they might know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. 
That's eternal life, that you know God. You enter into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you have a relationship with him. You hear his voice and you follow him. You walk with him as he speaks to you, and, and you, you, you read his word and you pray, and those things are, are the, the source of your strength and the source of your life. You want to follow Jesus. And you have a relationship with him. He says that's, that's what eternal life is. Because there's going to be those in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does, does the will of my Father in heaven. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Notice this, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. And he will declare to them, I never, what? knew you. Wow. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. We don't want to be in that number, do we? Verse 21, Luke 10, 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Father, or excuse me, no one, uh, yeah, to my Father, and no one knows the Son except for the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son will reveal him. When he says wise and prudent, he's talking about the educated and religious leaders of the day. He's talking about Gamaliel and, and Caiaphas and, and even, even, even Nicodemus, these guys who are you know, wise and they, in, in worldly ways, and they understood the scriptures, it would seem, and they, they would teach the people, and they would, they would, you know, explain things in the Talmud, and, and he, he says, it's not that, it wasn't the educated and the elite that you gave these things to. Who did he give these things to? These humble, most of them Galileans. Remember, remember the impression that was of the Galileans when, when Peter and John went up and healed the lame man by the gate beautiful, he's a silver and gold I have not. He wasn't rich. But such I have as I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the man was healed. He got up and walked, leaping and praising God. And they began to preach to the people. And everybody was astonished because these were ignorant and unlearned men. And yet they'd been with Jesus. What's so important about having all the education? Now, can God use an educated person? No. Oh, yeah. Yes, he can. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, he can. I mean, look at Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, who was, he was under the feet of Gamaliel. He studied and he was, he was a very well read. And, you know, Gamaliel said of Paul, I can't, I couldn't keep the guy in books. I, I couldn't give him enough books to satisfy his intellect. The guy was just super smart and he wrote most of the New Testament. God would use those types of people to write most of the New Testament. However, and, and of course, Luke was a doctor. He actually, he actually wrote the, the lion's share of the New Testament. If you consider Luke and Acts, it's the biggest portion. But but God would use these educated men. But Paul would also say, not many wise, not many noble, not many you know people of, of status will enter the kingdom of heaven. He didn't say not any, praise the Lord. But he said not many. And so what really qualifies you to be used by God? That you might know him. And if you know him, you'll do great things doesn't matter how smart you are, how smart you think you are. You know, those are things, those things can only be a hindrance oftentimes to our usefulness to God. Because at the end of the day, God wants to be glorified. And if, if you think that it's you, then it, that's just a, a roadblock. And so whether you're like Paul and you know a lot, 
or whether you, you just feel like you don't know anything and you're just kind of a simple person. God can use you, but we have to empty ourselves of ourselves and say, okay, God, I have to completely trust in you. I can't do this without you. And just like Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. We can't do anything. And so Jesus takes us and he reveals himself to us and he shows us the Father. And, and then he, he, he does that so that we can show other people, right? In fact, that's what it said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. This is what we talked about in our Easter service. It says, Now all things are of God who has reconciled us, us, reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing tre- their trespasses to them. Amen, right? not counting our trespasses against us, and has committed to us, those Christians, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You're alienated from God because of your sin, but you can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made. It's a beautiful message that we have. And so he's commissioned us as believers to go out and be those who would reconcile people to Jesus. Do you feel unworthy to come to Jesus? Unqualified to serve Jesus? He's looking for those who are unqualified, uneducated, weak, or lowly, or willing to humble themselves. Why? Because he gets all the glory when he does amazing things with your life. And he will, if you will simply say, yes, Jesus, use me, Lord. Lord, what do you want to do with my life? How do you want me to use me? How do you want to use me? Lord, will you use me to share the gospel with somebody today? Watch out. Lord, will you use me in your kingdom somehow that I might be a benefit or glory? You might be joining our friends as they go to Africa. And you know what? When when he does that, what does he do? He fills us with joy. He fills us with faith. It's such a wonderful thing. And, and, And you know, you realize that Jesus rejoices in this. He rejoices when someone gets saved and he rejoices when someone is excited that their name's written in the book of life. He rejoices over these guys. He sees them. They're excited about the use, the usefulness in the mission field. And he says he rejoices. Do you realize this is the only place in the entire Gospels that it says that Jesus is happy or rejoices? This is the only place. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 208- 991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmet.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.